Welcome to the Desert Life Church podcast. We're so excited you've tuned in to hear our weekend message. From wherever you are listening, we hope you're inspired by this message. Hello. Hey, church. How are you doing? Well, if we haven't met before, my name is Haley, and alongside my husband, Sam, uh, we are the youth directors here at Desert Life, which we love. It's been such a great journey. Um, so over this past month, we've been doing a series, as you all said, called God, Money and Me, by, based on Paul DeJong's book. Tonight, Cameron, Emily and I are going to be sharing on the authority of the ask. And that has three primary aspects. And I'm going to be sharing on the first aspect, which is asking with God-given authority. If you brought your Bibles tonight or your Bible apps, would you <laughs> yeah, would you pull them out and turn with everyone to 1 John chapter 3 and we are going to be reading verses 21 and 22. If you didn't bring either of those tonight, that's okay because the verse is going to be up on the screen in just a minute. If they've got it. 1 John chapter 3 verse 21 and 22. All right. So, dear friends, If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. We see this scripture here is talking about asking with our God-given authority. If our hearts are in the right place and we are asking God for something with our hearts focused on him rather than focused on ourselves, we, as it says in the Passion Translation, have a bold freedom to speak face-to-face with God. So my main point tonight, if you take away anything, is asking is the beginning of receiving. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. All of us need to ask with God-given authority. If you are a believer in Jesus, the Bible says that you're a child of God. As children of God, we are given the ability to ask with God-given authority. Paul DeJong writes, it becomes easy for us to dilute our expectations, especially over a period of time when we fail to see a breakthrough. And isn't that so true in life that it becomes so easy when we ask something for God and we don't see a breakthrough that we start to lose hope and that we start to get discouraged. I have... So as I said at the beginning, Sam and I are the youth directors here, and it has been such an incredible journey over the past couple of years that we've been doing it, and we have grown so much, and it's been such an exciting thing to grow with our youth as well, and to just build all of these relationships with the youth. And I had an experience that blew me away a couple of weeks ago. I was having a conversation with a young man after youth one night, and he was telling me how he was really angry with God. And I was like, okay, this could go one of two ways. I'm going to do my best to usher it in the right way. But in the end, I didn't need to. He was telling me how he had an issue with how he looked. 
He was unhappy with just one, one thing about his appearance. And he wanted God to change that. And so he was asking God to change it. He just wanted to look better. He just wanted to look like everybody else. He didn't want to be teased anymore. He didn't want to be given a hard time. He just wanted to be happy with how he looked. And he was asking God and asking God for all of this stuff because he was angry that this was how he looked. And God wasn't doing anything for him. What he, that's what he felt. And then he was telling me that one night he had an epiphany. A light bulb went on and he's like, well, maybe I'm praying for the wrong thing. Maybe instead of praying for God to change my appearance, I need to pray for God to change my heart. I, I know. I was blown away. I was like, oh my goodness. I thought I was going to have to minister to this kid, but he's done it himself. So... And he was like, maybe I have to change my heart. Maybe I'm praying for the wrong thing. Maybe I, instead of praying for him to change how I look, maybe I just have to get him to change how I think about how I look, change my heart towards what I am thinking about, and just to strengthen my relationship with him and strengthen my faith in him. And he, he decided for himself that it doesn't matter what he looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter if people say funny things about him. What matters is getting his friends to come to youth and seeing his friends saved by Jesus. And I thought that that was so amazing because I was like, oh man, this guy, I couldn't have taught you that. That's the Lord. And I think that was so amazing and it just felt really good. Felt like Sam and I may be be making a difference. So it was good. (laughs) But I just found it amazing that they just decided instead of focusing on their looks, they decided to change their heart position. Their relationship with God wouldn't have gotten better or existed at all if they hadn't asked for it or if they hadn't put in the effort after they asked. So asking is the beginning of receiving. This story, although it is based on how this youth saw themselves or how they strengthened their relationship with God, the truth is the principle relates to so much more than that, including our finances. As we are in this series of God, Money and Me, we have been challenged to look at our finances in a different way. And... Asking with God-given authority doesn't mean saying, yes, I believe in God. Yes, God loves me. Yes, he is going to give me anything I ask for, no matter what my heart's like. Asking with God-given authority means that, yes, we know all of those things. We know that God loves us. We know that he wants the best for us and he wants us to thrive and have happy lives. But when asking with God-given authority... We're not asking for things for selfish reasons. It's important to know the motivations behind why we are seeking God. Is it a place from selfish ambitions or motives? Or is the motivation behind our ask one that is coming from a good place in our hearts? We saw in the story that the youth changed their motivation behind their ask. Instead of asking God to change their appearance, they asked God to change their heart. And it was then that they started to see the change that they had asked for with their God-given authority. I want to challenge each of us tonight with a thought. Do I feel able or worthy to approach God with an ask.
And with that, I'm going to hand over to Cameron, who is bringing the second aspect of the authority of the ask. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more on about verse 7, but just in a different perspective as well. I think Hayley did a great job, so how about we just give her another round of applause, hey? So for those who don't know me, my name's Cam, Cam Wilson. Um, I'm just a member of uh, the uh, Infusion Youth Leadership Team, and I'm also a member of the Young Adults as well. And... Uh, of being uh, given this privilege to, to share this message with you. So tonight, I want to ask you all a question. Is your heart fixated on building God's kingdom up? If not, I want to ask yourselves these questions. Are you trusting, obeying, and asking God the right things? Do you have the right motives in your heart? I want to go a little bit deeper into this by sharing a piece of scripture with you tonight. In John chapter 15, verses 7 to 8, Jesus says to his disciples, and before we go on, um, just get ready, open your Bibles or whatever. I think they're already open because of our thing. If we can bring it up on the screen. All right. While that's just going on the screen, I'll just continue. In John 15, verses 7 to 8, It says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is for my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's break down the scripture. Starting from verse 7, is the word if. The way I interpret if, is that if it's an invitation to God, asking you to make an agreement, or to make a covenant with him. A covenant that says, the journey won't be easy, but trust me, obey me, and walk with me so I can bless you. Sorry. So when you remain in God and his words continually to live in you, over time, but also unexpectedly, you start to discover that your heart starts to align with God and his kingdom. Paul Jeong, the author of God, Money, and Me, explains this in another way by stating, the closer you are to the heartbeat of Jesus, the more you will activate a kingdom-based purpose. This brings us to the second piece of scripture, which is the last half of verse 7. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. As a result of being on a journey and growing closer to God, you start to notice that things start to change. Things such as a normal prayer life turning into a kingdom-based prayer life. You stop asking God to give you a nice fast car or anything you selfishly desire, and you start praying kingdom-based prayers. That will eventually bring the kingdom of heaven a little bit more closer to earth. I'll use an example of a change of prayer in my life. 
Instead of praying, Father, I pray for the youth in this town to come to know you. Which is a great prayer. However, I started to pray, Father, how can I bring salvation to the youth of Alice Springs? I'm including myself into this prayer instead of it miraculously dropping out of the sky. I just want to add another two examples that not an example of prayer in my life, but something that may help you. Instead of praying, Father, I find it difficult to, to work with this person in my workplace. Can you just get rid of them? Instead, <laughs> we should pray, Father, grant me perseverance and help me show your love to this difficult person. I cannot do this without you. So just going back to that covenant I, I'm, I was first talking about, you soon realize that not self-centered prayers, but kingdom-based prayers will allow you to sow into the covenant of remaining, trusting, and obeying in God. As a result, as stated in verse 8, you start to reap the rewards of being fruitful, which glorifies God. As for being a disciple, you have discovered these blessings this God-given love, which gives you the opportunity to bless and show God's love to others. Blessing that you can give people with your time, with your finances, and sharing your faith and gospel. In conclusion, before I ask um, Emily onto the stage, I want to conclude with this tonight. We need to ask or pray with kingdom purpose. If we don't, we are asking and are praying in a miss. So tonight, I challenge you, go home. Speak to God and ask him, Father, how can I start this journey with you? How can I remain in you? Or one of the most important questions you can ask, Father, how can I fixate my heart on building the kingdom of heaven up while bringing it a little bit more closer to earth? Thank you. Turn it off on me. Thanks, Cam. Let's give it up for Cam and Haley. How are we doing tonight, guys? We pumped? Ready for Monday tomorrow? Maybe? Uh? All right. Guys, it's the last day of the weekend. Let's do this. I've got less than seven minutes. Let's go. My name is Emily. Um, I am the kids director here at DLC. I love what I do here. I get to hang out with you guys and your kids. And tonight I get to share, so I'm pretty excited. Um, So quick overview. We've heard from Haley. We know that we have authority in our ask, that we can ask God's stuff. We have that authority. Cam spoke on our kingdom purpose, on the why we ask, on what we're asking. And tonight, I'm going to talk about our persistence in the ask, which is super fun because this is probably something I really, disclaimer, struggle with. So it's been fun writing this because it's really challenged me to sort of really like identify what I believe and where I sit on it. So it's pretty cool. So I'm going to sort of name the message tonight. It's not over. Everyone says, it's not over. It's not over. Not yet, guys. All right. So I'm going to tell a bit of a story, which is from the thing, a thing called the Bible. I hope maybe you've heard of it. And it's a story um, that Jesus tells. It's called a parable. So it's like an illustration, um, a bit of something to share an insight or prove a bit of a point. 
So he tells this. It is in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. If you want to follow along, feel free. I'm reading from the message version, and it says... And he told them in uh, a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. When it says he, we're talking about Jesus. So this is what he said. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who never feared God, nor did he respect man. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversity. For a while he refused, but after he said to himself, Though I never fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering, everyone say bothering, bothering me or annoying me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continuing continuing coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous, unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his people who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Question mark. So we see this story, we see a widow and we see an unjust judge. So someone who doesn't care for the people, doesn't care about the widow who's low in society, um, somebody who doesn't care about God either, not, doesn't really have a point of view there. So this is our two characters. The widow who represents what we see, someone low in society. First of all, a female who had no rights. Um, She was a widow, so she didn't have a dependent. Um, So who did she have? She maybe had some family, male family members that she lived off of, or maybe she lived off the synagogue and they provided for her. We don't know. But we know that she's low in society. Then we've got this unjust judge who does does not care for people, especially the widow. He doesn't care for God um, and, and doesn't acknowledge him. Cool, we've got those two characters. You with me? Yeah, cool. All right. So from this story, I see a woman who is desperate. She is seeking help from an unjust system, fighting for the right and having to really push her case forward so that she can get the attention and the help that she needs. Um, Yeah, cool. And we have the unjust man who really represents everything that God is not. God cares for people, number one, and he is for justice in all its forms. He cares for the meek in our society, for the low in our society, for the widow in our world. So what does this mean? You know, it means that when we're seeking, when we are asking, We have, number one, authority to ask. We have, number two, the kingdom purpose, why we're asking. Um, And we don't need to be like the widow in this story. We are no longer unheard. We're no longer undervalued. We're no longer dismissed. We're not ignored because we know that God is not like this unjust judge. Can I get an amen? Amen. In verse 7 it says, and we will not give, uh, and we will, 
Will not God give justice to his people who cry to him day and night? Will he delay over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. All right. And this is where we kick into our point about persistence and what I believe um, when trust comes into play. All right, here we go. So three points. Are you ready for this? That may be roadblocks in our um, road to persistence. All right, number one, preparation in the ask. Are you prepared for what you're asking for? You know, Noah was building a boat for, they say, about 100 years before he saw a drop of rain. Do you think he was a bit disheartened as he's building? Oh, God says there's rain coming, sure, whatever. I'll keep building. hundred years later, rain comes. We've got David. He was anointed to be a king when he's just a boy. Yet he doesn't actually get appointed as a king until years later. And then we also see Jesus, a tradie. He um, studied to be a rabbi. And then <laughs> carpenter, let's say that. My own language. Thanks, guys. Um starting to be a rabbi and then maybe in his early 30s he actually took on and started his ministry which was pretty amazing changed the world maybe um but what are you doing while you wait for opportunity what are you doing while you're waiting for your ask are you preparing are you ready what's in your hands right now as cam was saying the prayers that you pray what are you praying that you're involved in those prayers or that god's going to make something just happen um what can you do that moves in that direction all right number two Know who you're asking. If you know God is good, He is just, and He cares for you, you're going to become more concerned in who you're asking rather than what you're asking. Being interested in who God is and not just what He can do for you will change your life. God is not a magical blue genie like Will Smith. Um, he is ready. He's not ready to give us all our wishes. But we have the authority to, number one, ask with the right heart and with kingdom purpose in mind that our persistence in prayer and our faith is easy when we trust a God who we know. Um, That your life is not dependent upon the outcomes of prayer, but more so on the God who you're praying to. And, And through that transformation in yourself, that's where your persistence comes from. That's where when you know the God you're praying to and you're going, you know what? I may not see the fruits yet, but I know who I'm praying to and he's good and he cares for me. Um, That's when we can be persistent. God is interested in you, in who you are as a child of God. And from that comes the fruit that we ask for, the flourishing, the life of influence and abundance, a fun, vibrant life. All right, last one, if you're with me. Our per, um, persistence, persistence, that's the right word. I'm, with, I'm, I'm all there. Persistence in our community. Ooh, it's hard to, sometimes Um, that we may feel a bit like the widow and we may feel like we're not being heard. We may feel like God is not listening to us, that we're asking constantly and constantly and we're not getting any feedback, we're feeling lonely maybe. But there is a really cool thing that God has put around you and has given us all access to. It is called the church, the body of Christ, the community of people who genuinely love and care for you just as you are. 
God designed us to need each other, to depend upon one another, to share our burdens, our worries, our fears, and our prayers. I believe persistence is an ask in an ask. Hang on. I believe persistence in an ask in a prayer is strengthened when we do it together. That doesn't make sense. That's okay. It is strengthened when we do it together. That's why I think it is really cool that we have prayer cards and that we do pray together and we do pray for each other because you're not alone in your ask. That's my point. You're not alone. And sometimes we need someone to tell us to go, hey, it's not over yet. I got you. I'm praying beside you. Let's do this together. Let's keep believing together because we are preparing for it together. And number two, we know exactly who we're asking and we know that he is good. And in that, we know that he is enough just as it is right now. So we have persistence in our ask because number one, We're prepared for it. Number two, we know who we're asking and he is good. And number three, we have a community of people who believe alongside of us. So I'm going to pray and close. Come on up, guys. I've gone over time. I apologize. Um, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. Okay, Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, God, that you listen to us, that we're not a widow who's crying out for help and, and having to nag and nag God, but you hear us. We're heard and we have a community of people who believe alongside of us, God. And we want to know you and more and more each day that you reveal to us um, your kingdom purpose, God, that we'll have confidence when we come to you with our prayers because we know we have authority in our ask, God. And we thank you so much for this group of people and the amazing things that they're going to do this week, tomorrow, Monday morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Nice. Thank you, guys. Hey, why don't we keep clapping, Emily, and thank all our speakers who did an amazing job. Hayley, Cam, Em, you guys were awesome. Thank you so much. It was so good to hear from them. Thank you for joining us in the podcast. For more information about Desert Life Church, go to desertlifechurch.org or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day and remember, you belong here.